y'all come on in, take your shoes off, sit on down. Y'all listening to In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile. I'm Spun Counter Guy. Thanks for stopping by. Back in the 1990s, I had a job at a pharmacy where part of my duties was delivering medicine to old folks and shut-ins. Most of the customers were pretty glad to see me, if for anything, because they were pretty lonely, I guessed. So much so that many would often have a plate of food waiting for me. Trying to stay polite, I'd often eat five or six meals on a shift, which not only resulted in me gaining a bunch of weight, but drove my wife to irritation since I'd come home too stuffed to eat any of her cooking. One of the elderly customers was a woman by the name of Hattie Bruce. Over time, I got to know some of her story and found that it was so different from what we were told about 20th century race relations in the South. I asked, could I record her? Thus, I guess, my first podcast guest. That said, I should apologize both for the low quality of the recording done on a handheld cassette recorder, but also the low quality of my interviewing skills at the time. Yes, sir. They were even worse than they are now. Well, let's sit back all the same and listen to a snapshot of one woman's long and blessed life. When you feel just a bit Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How you doing? Good. How's the neighborhood? I stopped by. All right, all right. You doing okay? Yeah, fine, fine. You working a puzzle, I see, huh? Yeah. I don't finish it. Did sit down? Yeah, for, for a few minutes. Okay. Okay, I was born in uh, Williamson County in 1919, May the 25th. And back in those days, there was no doctor, so there was a midwife that delivered me. So I have one older sister and one younger sister. No brothers, it was just the three of us. So we raised on a farm. And the farm was in uh, Williamson County, and the farm was owned by uh, Johnny Prim, and uh, his wife was named Nettie Prim, and she also had three girls. Uh-huh. So we all grew up on the same farm, and we slept in beds together when the Prims would go on vacation. Uh-huh. Uh, my mother would keep her, ch- her three girls. So we all slept in the same bed, ate at the same table, and... We were just like one big family, right. and whenever we would go down to the Prim's house, we would always go in the front door, act just like the her children would act, and when summertime come, we would uh, go pick berries together, and we would go to the orchard and pick up apples and peaches and pears, and then my father, he worked on the farm, and uh, he raised corn and string bean and sorrel beans and uh, he had cows and so I had to milk the cow, feed the chicken and gather the eggs and churn the milk and butter and we all went to breakfast at the same time, my mom, dad and my uh, two sisters, we all sat down at the same time and had breakfast and my father would always say a prayer and we always would say a verse from the Bible. Then when Sunday come, we'd all get ready to go to Sunday school. And my father, he would comb our heads uh-huh. and polish our shoes. My mom would cook breakfast and get us uh-huh. ready for Sunday school. We never would 
I don't know. My father was a slave, and so I don't know how he met the Prims. I don't know how he come about to be on the Prim farm. I don't know that. Asking about the Prims, uh, they were pretty good to you? Oh, they were good because uh, we were just like uh, one big family. Uh, they was white and we was black, uh -huh. but that didn't bother them and it didn't bother us right. because we had to mind Mrs. Prim uh, just like her children had to mind my mom. If my mama tells them not to do something, they didn't do it. And she said, now if you do it, I'm going to get on you. Well, they wouldn't do it. And that's the way Miss Prim treated us. And we was always taught to respect each other, respect right. the children, don't fight. Right. If you can't get along, you know, go away and then come back. And so we grew up like that. When my mama got sick in uh, 81, we called uh, Virginia Prim, Morgan, and she was right there with us until my mom passed. I don't know where she was living at then, but mama always knew where she was, and uh, they always kept up with mama. Because when her mom passed, her mother went to the funeral, and she sat in the family, uh -huh. just like that she was uh, their sister or their aunt or something. Right. And that's where it was when Mr. Prim died. My father went and acted just like he was in the family. So when mother got sick, that's the way Virginia did us. She come and she stayed with us. She said, whatever you need, whatever you want me to do, let me know. And she was right there. So when I moved back here in 92, uh, she found me. And she called me. And we keep up with each other. She came by here one day and picked me up. And we went all out in Franklin. We went to McDonald's and ate. And we still call each other sister, just like we did when we were growing up on the farm. So she's still alive, right? Yeah, uh-huh, okay. uh-huh, she's where, still alive. Where is she living at? She living in Oak Hickory. Oh, okay. And she has another sister living over in Donaldson. Uh -huh. It was three girls, and then she had one living in, uh, I think it's Wyoming. Uh -huh. I think that's where the youngest one lived. And so her... The three of them still living, and it was three of us, and so I'm the only one right. that is living. And we just love each other, oh, just good. like uh, everybody had the same mom right. and dad. It wasn't no different to us. Uh -huh. I really don't know how they how they met, but I used to hear my mother talk about they used to go to uh, dances, and my father loved to dance, and he could play a guitar, mm -hmm. and I guess that's how they met, going to dances, I guess. I'm right. not too sure. Do you remember any of the songs that your dad would sing? When we was born and everything, he was a Christian then. He had joined the church, so he would sing Christian songs. Uh, like Amazing Grace, How Firmly I Stand on Zion Hill, mm -hmm. 
and he loved to read the Bible. And if anybody would come up on him in the afternoon, he would be sitting under the tree after he got through work, and he would be reading just like he was talking to somebody. Uh -huh. And wasn't nobody there but him in the Bible. When you were a child, remember yourself getting in trouble? or? <laughs> well, tell you the truth, I didn't get in too many trouble because I didn't like to get no whipping. But uh, one of the, the terrible things I think ever happened to me was when I, I guess I was about 13 or 14, and I was always a sleepy-headed person. Uh -huh. I would sleep, 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 and we would go to church and I would walk down the road just dead asleep, holding on to my father's hand. So I'm asleep, you know, right. I'm, I'm walking, sleep. So we went to a film one night, and uh, my older sister, she tried to wake me up. And when she woke me up, you know, I'm asleep and didn't know what I was saying. So I cursed her. Uh -oh. <laughs> and that's something I shouldn't have done. And my grandmother heard me. Uh -huh. So going home, I'm still walking asleep, going home, holding my father's hand. And my grandmama told my father that she heard me curse. Mm -hmm. And that's something I So when we got <laughs> home, my dad asked me what, uh, dad, I ain't said nothing, I ain't said nothing. He said, don't tell me the truth. And I said, oh, Lord, I know I'm going to get it. So I told him what I said. He took off his belt, and he told me real good, real good. He put me real good, told me he didn't want me to ever curse again. That's wrong. You don't do that. I said, Dad, I won't ever do it no more. Then I was hurting. My grandmother spent the night with her. Uh -huh. So I had to crawl in the bed and sleep with her. Now, you know, I was hurt again. Right. But I couldn't say nothing. I got in the bed. I said, oh, why did you tell Daddy? Why did you tell that? But I'm glad she told me. Because if she hadn't told him, I might would have kept on cursing, you know. And that was wrong. But I didn't know it. I'm sleepy. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Do you remember anything more about your grandmother or her story? She wasn't a very talking person. Oh, she would sit and, and watch more, observe, you know, mm -hmm. us children, how we how we carried on. What was her name? Her name was Maddie. Maddie, Maddie Stanfield. Oh. I remember one thing she told me, and it stuck with me up until the day. She told me, she said, whenever you go anywhere, so be yourself and be quiet. Go in the place and sit down. Don't be running in and out because people will notice you more if you sit down than if you're running in and out or wherever you go. And that's with me right today. I'm not, you know, right. running in and out like a lot of people go in and out out of church three or four times uh -huh. in the run of the service. Uh -huh. I go in and, and it always dawned on me what she's saying. Son was a former child. His mind was not to obey. But after he left his father's house, so he had gone astray. What did kids do back then to play? Uh, we played a game called Hopscotch. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Little Sally Walker. Everybody get in the ring, you know, uh -huh. and. And we'd go round and around, and you were saying, Little Sally Walker, sit in the saucer. I don't forget the other part of the song, you know. Uh -huh. 
if you love someone, you know, you go over and hug them or uh -huh. you go over and tap them on the shoulder. Uh -huh. And whoever we love, that's what we do. We'd go over and tap them on the shoulder. Then they would come in the rain and we would take that place. And then they would go around and they would do the same thing over and over till we got to all of the girls that uh -huh. was in there. And also we played marbles. Mm -hmm. We played horseshoes. Mm -hmm. And we would try to play ball. We didn't have no ball, but we would make a rag ball. Baseball? Uh-huh. And hit it and tear the rag ball up, and we'd go sit down and make another one. Start all over again. <laughs> we just had fun. Yeah. And nobody fighting. You ever go fishing a lot? Sometimes, not often, because I didn't have the patience to fish. <laughs> if they didn't bite right then when I throw the hook in, I'm ready to go to the house and start to go a plane in the creek, you know, uh -huh. I'm not a good fish. School I thought was fine, and school was good, because, you know, kids are going to be kids. And I guess we had to walk about eight miles to get to the school. And then uh, we would begin classes at eight o'clock in the morning. We'd always say a prayer. Everybody would say a verse from the Bible. Then we would go, uh, go into our studies. And it went from the first grade, from Prima, to eighth grade, and we only had one teacher. Mm -hmm. And we started eight, and we would get out at four o'clock in the afternoon. And then when we'd have two recesses, and we would get out and we would play, and and we were just mischievous kids. Mm -hmm. We would uh, chew spitballs and hit one <laughs> upside the head. You did? Miss Hattie did? <laughs> Take a rubber band, you know. We would just we would just have yeah. have fun, yeah. you know. And uh, but. We had to mind. Yeah. That's one thing. And if the teacher would catch us, you know, throwing up uh -huh. a spitball, we'd had to stand upside the wall yeah. for a period of time uh -huh. and couldn't say nothing. And, mm -hmm. and that was a punishment sometimes. Then sometimes she would take a paddle and mm -hmm. we'd hold her hand out and she would paddle us real good right. in the hand. Uh, we had uh, one teacher for, I guess, about three years. Mm -hmm. Then we changed teachers. All our teachers, as far as I know, you know, they was good. And it was an all-black school. It was not, it wasn't a mixed school. Our school, I guess, we might have been 10 or uh, 15 miles apart from a white school. Did your teacher black, too? Yeah, our teacher was black. As a child, did you ever wonder why they were separated for her, or? No, I never thought about it because I was trying to get my lesson, you know, right, and, yeah. uh, and when I got out of school, I know I was gonna play with my little white friends, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't have any idea, you know. I right. didn't, it didn't even cross my mind, you know, where uh, they wasn't coming to our school and we wasn't going to their school. Darling, you toyed with a toy heart. I think I played your game right from the start. This toy heart was broken and parting words were spoken. Darling, you toyed with a toy heart. I mean, did you guys suffer very much of the depression? No, we didn't. Because, as I said, my dad, he raised everything, you know, we uh -huh. partially ate on the farm. And mother done all our sewing, made us our dresses and, and things like that, our slips and everything. She done all of that. And so if it was a depression, mother never, never did say nothing about it because we would go to the table three times a day. Mm -hmm. There would always be food on the table. Right. And we always had clothes. We didn't have uh, store-bought clothes, you know. Uh -huh. Mother never did go go to town, go to the store, you know, buy clothes because she would make all that. 
all that uh, wasn't given to us. A lot of time, you know, white people in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. they would give mother clothes for us. If they was too big or anything like that, oh, yeah. mother would always, you know, make them fit us. And if it didn't fit one, it would fit the other one. Do you remember the popular music and the popular culture going on when you were growing up and when you were married and stuff? Uh, when I was growing up and it was at home, uh, most of it was we would listen to the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, yeah. Grand Ole Opry. Mm -hmm. Then after I got a, a teenage and everything and got married, mm -hmm. then we started to listen to um, Nat King Cole, Billy Williams, Lou Armstrong, all those old-time yeah. blues and jazz. Let me some water, son. You know you don't drink water, brother. But then What do you remember about the Grand Ole Opry? What, what would you like about that the most? I used to love to hear uh, Roy Acuff uh -huh. and um, the guy that sang the song about the tumble and tumble weed. Lonely but free I'll be found Drifting along with a tumbling tumbleweed Bill Moreau, I believe that was Uncle Dave Maker and <laughs> Default Bailey on the harp. And of course we had uh, a record player, the one you wind up, you uh -huh. know, and uh, we would have a record by Bessie Smith, yeah. you know, she's a blues singer. Yeah. I've got a man I had for a year, but he just won't treat me right. Washington and Billy Eckstein. Mm -hmm. I loved his singing. Oh, how could you forget coming in the prayer? <laughs> yeah. Twenty-two years ago, I was scared when I come up here. I was scared something would happen to me. Now I'm scared it won't. <laughs> when I moved here, I was here maybe a year, and I think she had a stroke. Then she had to go to the nursing home. Then uh, I would lose contact of her, and then every so often would be something on the radio, on the television about her. And when she passed, it was just heartbreaking, you yeah. know, because she was a, she was the life of the Grand Ole uh -huh. Come out there with the hat on, uh -huh. the tag, the yeah. prize, and everything, yeah. and the way she would speak, how <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a sad time, but we all got to go. You have any memories of growing up as a teenager? Yeah, uh, I remember one time uh, we was gonna have uh, a Christmas party at the church and. Uh, in this community where we live in, it was another a family had just moved there. And so therefore they had girls and boys and, and the teenage girl that wanted to come to the party, she wanted to come, but she didn't have no real pretty dress, you know, to come. Mm -hmm. So her mother uh, talked to my mom and my mom said, yeah, yeah, I got three girls. I'll lend you one of uh, my youngest sister. We call her Mutt. And so mom said, yeah, I'll lend her one of Mutt's dresses. So Mama Lena wanted much dressing, so well, we went to the party. We was all dressed up. We was having a good time. And I don't know what happened between uh, 
of my sister and this girl that had borrowed much dress mm -hmm. and much got made out and she blabbed it out, you know, told, oh, you know. No. Oh, you got on my dress out of here. And it was just, you know, <laughs> it was embarrassing to me and and to mom, you know. Yeah. But uh, my younger sister, it didn't make her no difference because she was the baby, you know, mm -hmm. and she... In the beginning, she didn't want mother to do it in the first place, but mother just said, now, we got to learn how to learn, how to live, to be neighborly, and to be friends, you know, and help people when they can't help themselves. Okay. But she didn't like it and got up to the church anyway, and then she just showed out, you know. And the other girl, she just sit and cried, you oh, know. No. So we went over and we talked to her and we petted her, you know, and told her, don't pay much attention. Come on and let's have a good time while we're here. So she kind of simmered down and started mixing with people. And I think that's about the funniest thing and the embarrassing thing that had happened to me. Yeah, she got over it and, uh, and Mutt got over it and so they were real good friends because anything that uh, uh, she wanted uh, Mutt to do for Mutt would do it and anything Mutt wanted her to do for her, oh, they become real good, good close friends after that. But it started off kind of rocky, right. but it got smoothed down the right. road, you know. Was Mutt always like that? If she liked you, she liked you, and if she didn't like you, she'd let you know it. She would just come come restaurant out, whatever was on her mind and in her heart. She let people know it. But she was good in her way. Anyway, she was spoiled. That was yeah. number one. And uh, if you ever have any children, try not to spoil them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can be tough at times. Didn't it rain on my lawn? the automobile in her, your life, or do you remember it coming in? A T-Mall phone. Yeah, Dad got a T-Mall phone. How, how long had it been out? This was in the early 20s, I think, because he first had a horse and burger, and that's where we went to church in. And myself and my sister, we would sit in the floor of the burger, and Mom and Dad did sit in the seat, and Mom held mud. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we when we got the team all folded, we all three sit in the back. Yeah. How did Mutt get her name? I really don't know who who started calling her that, but it went with her even to the grave because when she passed, we had to put in that in the death notice, you know, a Nettie B. Goodlow, and then we put a Mutt in parentheses, you know, so. Yeah. People would know who we was talking about. Didn't too many people know her real name. Now tell us about the boys. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of boys in the in the community, but my mom and dad, you know, they was kind of well old-fashioned, but they were right, you know. Right. And so when mother would go to work, she would tell us girls that this is when school is out, and we'd be home. She said, if anybody come to see you all, do not let them in. Mm -hmm. Don't let them in and don't play with her. Right. And she said, because if you do, I'm gonna tan you. So they wouldn't come around mother's house because daddy had done told them if him or mom wasn't there for him not to come. Mm -hmm. But mother thought, you know, they'd be hard here and come anyway. Right. So she told, if they come, don't let them in. Right. And so they never did come because they was kinda scared of my dad. Right. Because dad said, uh-uh, these are my girls. Uh -huh. And so if we're not here, you don't come. 
Oh, I snuck around a little bit when I was 15, but I really didn't go out until I was 16. Well, what does sneaking around mean? <laughs> when we would go to school, you know, uh -huh. they would meet us and, and they would walk up the road with uh -huh. us, you know, but they wouldn't let nobody see them, you know, right. because if we did, we would get it. The monkey thought that everything was on the square. The buzzer tried to throw the monkey off his back. But the monkey grabbed his neck and said, Now listen, Jack. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. Was there other problems, racial problems with people in the town that you remembered? In those days, if it was, it was not talked about. I mean, where children could hear it, because it was white and black community all, all around. And uh, black people, they worked for the white people. Everybody got along fine, as, as full as the children knew about it. Because if there's anything went on wrong, they didn't sit up and gab about it like people do now, right. you know. But everybody was, was just one family. Mm -hmm. And then when summertime come, if any of the white people kill any kind of animal, uh, like a cow, a uh, goat, a hog or something, everybody in the community got some of it. And even if my father killed a pig or a calf or something like that, he would do the same thing. Everybody was just, you know, looking out for each other. Anybody got sick, everybody would go cut wood for them. The men would go cut wood and gather the crops. Uh -huh. And if any of the ladies get sick, all the women would go wash, cook, and iron, and do whatever they could for her while she was sick. So if it was any problem, we didn't know about it. Well, the way they talk about it, like all of it was happening down in Mississippi and Alabama mm -hmm. and all like that, we never did face that here in, in Tennessee, in the Williamson County community mm -hmm. where we live. If it happened in Davidson County, we children never did nobody, even when we were teenagers. When I first got married, we didn't hear about that. It was in the late, late 30s or early 40s when you beginning to hear about a lot of the, the prejudice, that, you know. Mm -hmm. You had to go in back doors and you couldn't use this, right. this washroom, you couldn't drink from this fountain. That was in the late... So that started about then, you, you remember? Well, where I began to hear about it, I right. put it like that. Right. Because when we were in Wilson County, it, it wasn't like that. How did you meet your husband? We always go to church and everybody in the community that was Christian people, they would come to church. So his parents, they was Christian and we was and we were Christian. So she had this one guy, her son. He didn't belong to church, but he would always bring his mom to church. And so mother and them looked on him, you know, as a intelligent, nice, nice guy. What was his name? His name was Lonnie. So we went together, I guess, for about a year. Then he would come to see me, and because we all had to sit in the same room and uh -huh. sit on the same porch, you know. And I think the first time that uh, he, he carried me out was in, in July. 
And then I wasn't alone. My aunt went with us because that's the only way mother would let us go. My aunt went with us, and so we went to a supper, and she was with us. And then that R and D summer, he asked mother, me, you know, could he marry me? You uh -huh. know. So they said yes, and I got married in December, uh -huh. the twenty fifth. <laughs> That's Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, that's Christmas. And it was myself and my cousin and another cousin. One of my cousins, she got married on Christmas Eve. I got married the first Christmas night, and my other cousin, she got married the 26th of December. So it was three weddings in in December of that same year. What did you like about him, and when did you start to think that maybe you wanted to marry him? He was nice. One thing that I looked on him because he he cared so much for his mother or his or his dad was dead and so if she wanted to do anything she wanted to go to church anything she wanted he would put everything aside you know for her so I said well this is, he looked like he might be a pretty good guy you know yeah. and but he was nice uh -huh. he was nice and so we had two children uh -huh. then he got sick and he passed uh, what what year was this. Uh, he passed in uh, 58, oh, really? 1958. And you were married in what year? In 1934. Okay. Yeah. What, what was your kids' names? Uh, my daughter was named Mildred Beatrice Patton, and my son was named Ellis L. Patton. I think I met your son. Uh-huh. He come yeah. pick you up sometimes. Right, right, right. Both my children were born at home. Neither one of them was born in, in the hospital. They were born at home. Uh -huh. And the doctor come, he came to the house. Uh -huh. And uh, with my mother and another a lady was there to help him, you know. Right. So he, he stayed with me, I guess, for about a half a night when my daughter was born. And when my son was born, I guess he stayed all night, maybe longer, because I was, I was really suffering, you know. Uh -huh. But he stayed right there until both of them was born. And then he would come back, you know, to see how they was getting along and see how I was getting along. Right. Then I had a nurse to come every day until I got able, you know, to take care of myself mm -hmm. and learn how to take care of the children, you know. Right. So when my oldest daughter was born, I had to stay in the bed for, for nine days mm -hmm. and stay in the house for a month before oh, I could boy. even go outdoors, before I could put my foot on the ground. And uh, when my son was born, I had stayed in the bed, I think, about 11 days because he was he was a big one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I didn't have any problem, uh -huh. you know, after after the guy here, I didn't have no problem right. or anything. How old was you when you had your first kid? I was 19. Oh, you 19? Uh -huh. yeah. Was your husband excited? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. He had one son, so he was on, on cloud nine. Oh, yeah. 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 Did they used to spend all time together? Oh yeah, yeah. Even after they got, after he got teenager, they they spent a lot of time together before he passed. Oh good. Uh huh. And my daughter, she was just, she was a daddy's child, oh. so that that made it, you know. And so we had a good life. And after my daughter passed, and uh, my son looked like we got close to mm -hmm. my daughter and my son. They were just like twins. Whenever you see one, you would see the other one. And if one had a piece of candy, they would break it off and give yeah. him a piece. And if one bought a pop, they never would buy no two seven up or two coke. They'd buy one oh. coke. So they had pretty good kids. They didn't get in trouble or anything. No, I never had to go to jail for either one. Because kids was kids back then. Yeah. They didn't. They weren't like kids now. Uh -huh. You know, ready to cut you and 
Right. They don't kill you. You know, if they got mad, they would want to fight. And it take two people to fight, right. but they, they never did. They'd always come home and I'd ask them, what's the matter? And they'd tell me. I said, okay, did you start it uh, or what happened? Mm-hmm. And so they would tell me, and I know all of the kids' mother. I know the parents. And we could sit down and talk, you know, to see what was what. Well, how long ago did your daughter die? And how did uh, she die? Uh, my daughter died in... In ninety in ninety one. Oh, just recently. Then. Uh-huh. 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 She had cancer. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That broke up the family for a while. Oh, yeah. It just tore us apart, but we hung in there and stood together and so we got to overcome it. So every so often uh I go over to the cemetery and care flowers uh-huh. for so I'm gonna got to care some for Mother's Day and care some for Memorial Day. Now she has some children? Uh-huh, she has one daughter. Where does she live at? Huh? She live uh, on the south side over in uh, Douglas Avenue. But I must live on up in glory after a while, after a while. Do you think things are better now or then, as far as society as a whole and everything? In a way, I would say yes, and in a way, I would say no. In a way, I would say yes, people was real people. They were real friends to one another. In those days when I was coming up, if anybody needed anything, if they didn't have nowhere to go, they didn't have no food to eat or clothes to wear, Somebody in that community would supply the clothes, the food, and somewhere for the people to live until they could get going. Right. And uh, and now, I mean, it looks like sometimes everybody's on their own, and people are scared to to get out at night. And when I was coming on, we used to walk up and down the road, going to churches, and going to different things, you know, and nobody was afraid. Nobody was afraid, but now uh, I, I leave out here on Wednesday night going to church, and I'm always, you know, say, Lord, take care of me, you know, and when I park the car, I watch to see if I see the security guard down there, mm-hmm. but when I come on, it, it wasn't like that. Even after I got married, I would I would go up home, as I call it, I would go see Mother Nim at night, and I wasn't afraid, mm-hmm. but now it's, it's different. In September, our church would be 90 years old, and it was founded in 1906. And uh, there was three denominations health service in that church. Oh, in the same building? In the, in the same building. Oh, okay. Monday through Friday was a schoolhouse. Then on the first Sunday, the, the foot washing Baptists, the uh-huh. primitive Baptists, they would have service uh-huh. in there. And everybody in the community would go. You would know the, the, the primitive Baptists from the Methodist, from the missionary. Then the second and the fourth Sunday, the Missionary Baptist would have service in there. And you still would know who is who right. if you didn't know, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Then the third Sunday and every fifth Sunday, when there was a fifth Sunday, <laughs> the Methodists uh -huh. would have service there. Uh -huh. And you still wouldn't know who is who. The preacher different? Yeah, yeah, we would have on first Sunday, we'd have a primitive Baptist yeah. preacher. And the second and fourth Sunday, yeah. we would have a Missionary Baptist uh -huh. preacher. Then the third and the fifth, we would have a Methodist uh -huh. preacher. So there wasn't much of a difference, huh? Uh-uh, it wasn't no different. Huh. It, it wasn't no different. Sometimes they would talk about, you know, if you don't wash feet, you don't go to heaven. That's the primitive Baptist. But we would be right there and listen to them because they... <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make no difference what they said because we knew what the Bible said. Well, he yeah. said, if you love me right. and keep my commandments, yeah. heaven is yours. And he didn't say anything about if you don't watch feet, you <laughs> go there. So therefore, yeah. we would go and listen to yeah. him. And then when we'd have service, they would come and listen to us. I was a missionary back then. Missionary Uh-huh, yeah. Do you still attend? Yeah, I still go to that church where I went to school at. The same building? No, no, it's not the same building. Yeah. We, it's been torn down. It, it was remodeled, torn down, mm -hmm. and rebuilt. So we got a new building. So it's the same spot. Almost the same spot. It's the yeah. It's almost the same spot. I got married in that church, uh -huh. and my children was born in that church. Uh -huh. They got baptized in that church, and so that's home. Right. But it wasn't no division. Right. Everybody got along. What is it now? Is it just one denomination? It's, it's one denomination yeah. because the Baptists, they moved uh -huh. and, and they went to Franklin. So they're still washing feet over there? Yeah, in, in uh, Franklin they wash their feet, but yeah. our home, they don't. we don't wash their yeah, feet. Yeah, I know. Was this an all-black church also? All-black yeah. church, uh-huh. Uh -huh. And of course we have now, we have white people to, to come to our church. Yeah, we had a, a white minister come and speak to us, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. because God said love everybody. Uh -huh. He didn't say just love, you know, uh -huh. black, uh -huh. love, white, oh, yeah. or Jews, right. something like yeah. that. Uh -uh, that's not his teaching. I haven't had a tough life. Oh yeah. Uh -uh. I haven't had a tough life. Uh-uh. <laughs> Real good life. Real good life. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'll be resting in a pain of heaven. I'll be resting when the so that's the highlights of our conversation from over 20 years ago. I regret to report that after I quit the pharmacy job, I lost contact with Mrs. Bruce. Every so often I would try to look her up, but never had any luck. I wish her well wherever her soul resides, and I'm grateful for her life's example, which truly made me more of an optimist from that time on. And I'm not just saying that, it's a fact. And I also want to give a special thanks to Spun Counter Dad for helping me spruce up the deteriorated audio. It would have sounded a whole lot worse than it did if not for your help, Dad. In the Corner Back by the Woodpile podcast is produced by a closet, a pocket, and a suitcase. You can email us at spuncounterguy at hotmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at spuncounterguy. And if you'd like to see a list of former episodes of In the Corner Back by the Woodpile, Go to spuncounterguide.com and click on the pictures of piles of wood with chairs in front. Be sure to download the new Podbean app to hear this podcast and others on your tablet and smartphone. And we are now on iTunes. Just do a search for Back by the Woodpile on the iTunes store and we should pop up. And a special thanks to thebrofisticate.com. Need my elbow.